Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Two guys who came together to make a really compelling, interesting, funny, and relevant film uh, called Jurga. It's a film that was made uh, out of Australia, but largely uh, made in Afghanistan with uh, local uh, people. It's rooted in context. It's uh, rooted in uh, the culture. And the story uh, that you're going to hear, actually, in the interview of how they got the film made how it went from uh, a production that was supposed to be made in Pakistan to ending up in Afghanistan is is a story in, in itself. It's too bad they didn't have another crew shooting that. They could have had a pretty interesting doc on their hands. We talk about redemption and 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 wartime. We talk about make, making mistakes and responsibility and choice and perspectives and, and 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 moral courage and being authentic and 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 Sam and and Benjamin clearly are are, are uh, having a good time. Uh, uh, talking about the film, but my guess is as challenging as it was, they had a pretty good time while they were making it as well. We talk about ethics and trauma and and about um, the, the, the suffering in silence and, and how uh, this soldier, this, this, this man uh, is, is convicted enough to, to, to pack his bags and come back into a country that he spent time oppressing and invading and, and seek out forgiveness and redemption. It's a delightful film, Durga, uh, gorgeous uh, cinematography, gorgeous uh, photography itself, the landscape, the, the, the images that you're going to see will stay with you for a long time. It's uh, also, uh, the, Sam's performance is, is, is wonderful. So check it out, Durga. Hope it's coming soon to a theater near you, and if it's not, look for it uh, somewhere, a video on demand. I'm sure it's going to be available soon. Jirga, J-I-R-G-A, Benjamin Gilmore. And uh, Sam Smith coming right up, davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking and writing. 
and of course facetofacelive.ca for for many more interviews coming out of TIFF this year and and a few uh, interesting and compelling authors coming up as well look for an interview uh, the dissident doctor coming soon to face to face live as well uh, with Dr. Michael Klein and uh, what else? Yeah, I just wanted to say too, if 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 you have the time, certainly I'd love love your financial support through Patreon.com if you're uh, supportive and get behind what we're doing here. But also, if you would take the time to to write a review for me, if you're enjoying the interviews, if they're challenging you in some new and interesting way, I, I hope you'll take the time to put in a, a review for me on. Apple, I would appreciate it. Coming right up, Benjamin Gilmore, Sam Smith, talking about their new, delightful new film, Jurga. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by two uh, very special guests here with us today. Uh, Toronto Film Festival, uh, I don't know, this is interview 32 and a half, I think. It's, it's <laughs> been a busy, th- what am I, three days in. It's been a little crazy, and the crowds are, have been great. And uh, you guys are just in from Australia and Paris. Sam Smith, Benjamin Gilmore here today to talk about their new film, Jurga. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you. So, uh, are you uh, pumped up on wake-up pills? Is that? Uh, I, I hope so. And if <laughs> not, maybe I've been we can get you for like a month. So I'm like all over. I was in Italy for a while, then Paris, and now I'm here. So I'm just kind of like rolling with it, drinking lots of coffee, and that's it. You know? Lots of coffee. Stay hydrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not keep doing smiling that so if you can. <laughs> just the thrill of being here. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, at this festival. So is this? Is this? Uh, so Jurga, before we dive in, I mean, we're already in, I suppose, mm. uh, international world. Uh, you, you've you've already won some awards with this film, I think, haven't you? In Australia, in our yeah. own country, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, quite surprising. Uh, last week, Australia's biggest film prize, Cinefest mm. Oz, and uh, you know this this modest, this small Aussie film uh, took out that award. So we were quite um, pleased about it. Yeah, we didn't know. Coming back from Afghanistan with the footage, we didn't even know if we had enough footage to make a film. So. Wow. And we had no producer at that wow. time or anything, so we just had footage. So it's I'm kind of a two minds, and I'm sure we're going to get into all of it. I mean, there's so many issues. There's been a there was a recent critical review of the film that I w- w- we should we should talk about because it brings mm. up something about white guilt, which is certainly or the white man's burden, I guess mm. you could say, mm. as William Easterly calls it. You know, the development writer. We could talk some about that, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the challenges you guys had on this one because this is pretty unique, just mm. in the making of it. Well, obviously, the story is remarkable in its own right. Um, but tell me about the craziness around Pakistan, Afghanistan, budget, yeah. uh, where you shot at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how many days did you spend in jail? These are, these are important <laughs> questions. Well, just, uh, just very briefly to, to get us to Afghanistan, we, we met up and discussed the film in Sydney after I got approached by a Pakistani businessman who was going to put up money and, and like any filmmaker who gets approached by a uh, money man. Goldmine, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, a kind of an off- offer to, too good to be true sometimes as it was in our case. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, in a sense I was in denial about those things that I felt weren't quite right about this uh, mm. offer. And uh, in any case, it got us over to Pakistan. And when, once we arrived in Islamabad, we realised that uh, everything wasn't quite as it seemed mm. and the businessmen hadn't got the adequate uh, approvals from the Secret Service and nothing happens in that country without their blessing. And mm. so he pulled his money out when they said they weren't going to support the film. That's when we were left with... Uh, very little, very little money, very and little budget. Do you think, I mean, sometimes it's just bureaucracy, it's mm. administration and so on. It mm. happens anywhere in the world, yeah. it seems to me. The long lineups is a, is mm. a metaphor. They happen mm. everywhere. 
but was it more political than that? Do you think? Was well, there yeah, a reason? Well, they said it was too politically sensitive, and funnily enough, there wasn't enough romance. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> wasn't enough romance. Yeah, that was yeah, one yeah. of the strange, strange, yeah. strange it needs comments. Needs to be more kissing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. willing to support a film with lots of <laughs> yeah. kissing. But yeah. if you look closely at the film, there is a type of romance there—a bromance. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, it's a lovely it's, relationship that yeah, develops about that relationship between these central male characters, mm. which is which is really lovely. But yeah, I mean, I, I think once they decide not to support you. Uh, at one point, they even tried to convince us to work for them uh, in their propaganda wing. So we're talking about mm. the inter-services intelligence, yeah. the ISPR, and they're extremely powerful. They are the biggest uh, film producers in Pakistan at the moment. They have an incredible inventory of equipment, and they make these blockbuster films, mm. usually very f formulaic and pretty much the same uh, story of the Pakistan army fighting the militants. Mm. And, uh, I can't believe you didn't bend towards that kind of uh, access, <laughs> that kind of funding. Isn't that like yeah, every filmmaker's I've got, dream? I've got principles. You've got to remember this. <laughs> That's right. This mob are the ones accused of, you know. I'm happy to make a little propaganda sure. if it uh, gets my film made. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I've had a lot of, you know, bad feelings towards uh, the, the ISI for their, you know, um, for their treatment of, of some of my friends in the tribal areas, the, the Pashtuns have been treating very very badly over the years in, with their in incursions and control of Waziristan and and their support for the for the Taliban and you know their uh, you know be, being suspected of being behind a lot of false flag operations mm. and harboring Bin Laden and so on and so forth. So they're, they're very powerful, but also very dodgy. I didn't mm. want to be involved with them. I was very uncomfortable. Well, I bet, and I bet, and that and that kind of comes through to me at least. This, that's there's a there's a tone in the film that comes through that that it, mu it you know I, I couldn't help but being taken out every now and then, thinking this must have been a little crazy to shoot. Now I knew that you were uh, either in Pakistan or Afghanistan, but I wasn't mm. sure exactly when and where, but there was, uh, yeah, there was just this sense of urgency yeah. uh, within it. Was that palpable for you, Sam? Very much, yeah. yeah that's what I, made I mean, I, I, I immediately go to that scene where uh, you're, you're split up from your driver and you're oh, coming yeah, down yeah. with your bag down the, down yeah, the side yeah, of the yeah, mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it was very, I mean, that, it was, it was kind of sketchy from the start because we had that happen in Pakistan, obviously, where the funding fell through and then we had uh, the all the permits blocked because as soon as that happened, the backer said, "Oh, cool, I'm out. I can't be a part of this." Uh, we then found out that uh, there were files created on us, and we also oh, no. well, it gets so better. photographs we were, exist. Well, yeah. no, we were also being tailed though. We were like being mm. followed by people. It's like being in a '70s spy movie over there. Like we had guys literally popping up out of bushes uh, when we went to get our Afghan uh, visas. We had mm. guys uh, pretending to be beggars at traffic lights, and then our driver would say, "That's actually a guy who works the ISI. This is his spot." You know, so we had a lot of that stuff, and Ben and I were sort of in a situation where Ben said to me, okay, cool, we can either go home with nothing, or you and I can now go to Afghanistan with no funding, uh, rewrite the script together, and basically wing it, you know? So that was the, the, the plan B, and he had the contacts of two people over there to, to contact when we got there, not like, you know, let's set it up beforehand. And so we went down that road. Yeah, yeah so this is, uh, this is like every, every budding new film, every filmmaker should, never mind budding new filmmaker, should listen to this conversation. Yeah, that's straight that's over to Afghanistan. Right. <laughs> this is how you get a film. This, that's right. Yeah, the tax credits alone are going to make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. So huge challenges, clearly. Uh, and and, and uh, did, did that now, you know, you say, let's rewrite the script. Did that change everything? Yeah. Well... It changed a lot. Mm. Uh, changed a lot of scenes that we'd we'd planned that were quite mm. extravagant, and 
the, the script kind of was was stripped right back yeah. to its core elements. Through line is still through line was there, and certainly the the second half of the film uh, remains very very close to what it was in, in mm. the draft we had at the time. But uh, you know what what we learnt and what I've learnt on, on on previous guerrilla film shoots of this kind is that you need to adapt. You need to it needs mm. a dynamic thing. You need to be open to the changes that, that come your way uh, because they're also more often than not um, full of, of positive yeah. surprises. Yeah. Well, we also found too that every time we thought this is the worst possible thing that could happen, such as funding gets pulled out in Pakistan, it turned out to be the best thing. You know, because having that happen meant we shot it in a more authentic location. Then we come back and we have no producer attached. We get a great, uh, very respected Australian and international producer, John Maynard, comes on board. Do you know what I mean? So things that at the time were the worst possible thing meant that we had to adapt. And when we did, mm. some new thing blossomed. Well, it's kind know? of interesting. It's kind of risk management, isn't it? A little bit because mm. in risk management, you're all, you know, well, what if? But what then? Because it, it, mm. what is a risk and what is an mm. issue and a problem? often can turn into an opportunity. And you only yeah, see that yeah. afterwards. Yeah. You know these, you these only gifts. See it afterwards. Yeah. I only totally. see it you got to dive yeah. in. Yeah. you got to dive in. Hey, let's yeah, go to yeah. Afghanistan and make this with probably very little uh, funding. Very little money left. Yeah, there was some savings, some crowdfunding, a little bit of Screen Australia development yeah. funding. There was, there was hardly any left. And a lot of that went to The craft budget was a lot a of... Camera. Was it spent on a lot of rice, basically? You just, that, really? was, that, was the, <laughs> that was all you could afford? Yeah. Rice <laughs> and a little broth? Yeah. And, you know, and that was a luxury. But uh, <laughs> That was a luxury. Yeah. We had that on Fridays. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The <laughs> occasional egg. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, it is, it, is so, it is true to say that we were out to make something authentic about yeah. this country and its people well mm. and for us not to shoot there in the first place you know was 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 not you know sincere enough yeah, and really well you know what you, you benjamin you nailed it as far as I, as far as i'm concerned for what it's worth it's authentic it's real it's it, it's not in your face mm. it, it, you know I, I, and by the way i love the film and congratulations mm. and Thank thanks i mean for making it and 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 i hope everyone sees it because mm. there's there's so there you know any great film isn't it the case that there's always more going on than meets mm. the eye? Well, in this case, uh, while shooting Jerga, there was a parallel story for us. Yeah. And if you actually look at the timeline of what happened, of us going to Pakistan and, and being let down by our backer over there and then having to go out on a limb on our own, you know, further into the woods, so to speak, uh, it's very similar to, to what was happening in the film for the protagonist, Mike, the, the veteran, mm. uh, the, the former soldier, Australian soldier, going back, uh, meeting up with an ex-Afghan uh, army colonel who he thought was going to help him and then being told, no, your, your, your mission's crazy, don't do well, it, they'll kill you. I, I love the fact that it's an ex-general uh, uh, who's saying the mission's too dangerous. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Either he's, co you know, yeah, uh, yeah. not not that courageous, or maybe just it really is co completely crazy. Yeah, capital yeah. C. Uh, so you're Mike. Uh, you you give us a tiny bit of context out of the gate with through night vision goggles, I believe. That, mm -hmm. that, that you're setting the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, your your facial expressions lead me to believe you made a pretty big mistake. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit about that as as the actor, but also as uh, I don't know, as Sam the actor, but yeah, as Mike sure, the sure. character. That I mean that. Um, I, I, I've never served in the military, so I'm speaking purely from, you know, from speaking to people in the military and from my own experience of, of what they've told me and, and imagining, I guess, you know, and going in, into that, that headspace. But um, I, I can imagine that it'd be very easy to make that mistake. If you're in a situation where it's so heightened, it's at night and you think there's an enemy threat and you turn and someone pops out of the doorway, I can understand how you might just blow them away because you're in a, a very heightened state and possibly fearing for your own life. You know, so I think it'd be very easy to make that mistake. And I think it would also depend 
on the type of person you are after that, on how you process that and deal with it. Because I spoke to three or four, I think it was three different um, guys who had served in the Australian Army, and, and they all had very different, um, uh, very different perspectives on what it was like to take a life, because they'd all taken mm. a life. One guy was point blank, I have no, no issue with it. You know, it was him or me, and I sleep yeah, I'm, well. I'm not sure I believe him. Okay, you're not, no, 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 right. yeah, 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 but for sure. I, I hear that, but, and but good for him if that's true, but, but wow. That may also just be the way that he's processing that to- and going, totally. cool, I'll put it in that box. I spoke to another guy who said it sat with me for a very long time, and it still does. You know, I know for myself, I can speak that if I was in that situation, I dare say I'd, I'd, I'd be on that side. I'd, I'd have a lot of trouble um, knowing that I'd done that, you know, so I think that the... So you, so you resonated with the character as well. Absolutely, like in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. I, I, I have trouble killing mosquitoes. I'm not very good with <laughs> taking life. I can, I can help you with you that. Yeah. There are chemicals for that. Yeah, yeah. So I had I, a great, rich conversation with somebody recently about whether or not the world would still exist this way if we uh, could completely eradicate mosquitoes. Like, would there okay. be a problem if we wiped them out entirely? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a problem if we take the so, you know. Northern yeah. Ontario deadly uh, for yeah. mosquitoes yeah. we just don't have to worry about you know dengue and malaria and japanese <laughs> encephalitis but uh, mm. anyway yeah so so you did you find yourself uh, i mean you know you, you made a comment about going back into the woods and it's kind of funny to me that you use mm. that phrase because there's really very few trees where you guys were <laughs> the <laughs> landscape <laughs> character yeah. beautiful mm. beautiful contradictory paradoxical yeah. with all that's mm. gone on mm. in in the world and oh and by the way the the the, the, the we got to talk about the paddle boat <laughs> mm, mm, mm. We'll come back to that in a yeah. second. Did that situate you in a way that uh, did you ever did you ever lose perspective? Uh, you know, were you were you Mike? <laughs> oh, man, I was I was in some pretty crazy headspaces. I mean, there was there was a period when we arrived in Jalalabad where we were staying at a a hotel. It was I think a two hundred person hotel, and I think we saw four people there over the time we were there. Um, and it's because uh, it was empty. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's creepy. So I've, we got I've, there. I've it actually, there. it actually looked like it... The Shining to me. You know, and, I, and actually, when we got there, there <laughs> nice. were two two twin girls, aged like four, in little outfits at the, the counter. I just looked at him and I was like, "Fuck, yeah. man, where are we?" Yeah. Where and are the we? night clerk looks sp- suspiciously like Stanley Kubrick. But <laughs> we're not sure why, but but when we stayed there, that was we, we arrived mm. in Jalalabad the day that um, Kerry, what's her second name, Kerry? Kerry Wilson, Australian Kerry Wilson. aid worker from Perth, who she just was, checked yeah. out of that hotel and was kidnapped. That, the day that we arrived um, wow. there and so we're staying I was already like I haven't traveled to that part of the world before so sure. I was like yep. on high alert most of the time we were there you know but um, when we were staying there we were staying in a hotel where there was a broken lock on my door we would wake up to like a mortar blast or machine gun fire I was I was sleeping probably during the sequence when we were shooting in the caves I was mm. sleeping maybe maybe three hours a night and then shooting long days coming back and thinking and you know, I, I was definitely in like a strange place. I was, I was waking up at, you know, two in the morning, putting a chair in front of the door and sitting with a knife, uh, waiting for the dawn prayer. You know, wow. I was sleeping uh, fully clothed, passport, knife in my hand under the pillow. Like I was really... And as the director, yeah. I was concerned about of course, this, yeah, I guess, right? I guess. Um, well, in but one I, sense, it probably could add to the character oh, and absolutely. the storytelling. But, right? you know, there's that, always that, that uh, struggle, between, yeah. <laughs> struggle between, you, you know, the authentic, authenticity of that course. comes from that yeah. and also your obligation, your duty of care that you have uh, to, 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 to an actor. But I, I wanted to check on, on Sam on numerous occasions, uh, particularly yeah, at no, night. So. But I knew <laughs> that if I walked in on him at four in the morning yeah. to check whether he was okay because oh. we were hearing gunfire uncomfortably close, um, I was concerned what would happen to me, you know, uh, 
as I went in, into the room. Mm. So there was always that. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, you know, that kind of a Captain Willard from Apocalypse Now kind of situation okay. in Sam's okay. room, I must say. Right. Okay, times. so Apocalypse Now, The Shining. Okay, we got to get a, a more cheery uh, a reference in here, I think. Yeah, great references, but um, a little concerning, I think. There's something really simple uh, about the film, and I, and I mean that in the best sense of the word, you know, stark, pithy. Um, not in your face, but but clear and mm. concise. This is a, uh, and I think somebody uh, there, there's been a critique of the film that 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 it's 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 really and maybe this is unfair of the critique of the critique, but it's about white men's guilt. Mm. Well, it seems to me guilt is is kind of a pretty simple thing in some regards. Mm. It, it it hones in us. Now, what do we do with it? Mm. Mike does something with it. He does. Guilt yeah. led him yeah. to some kind yeah. of conviction, and the conviction led him mm. to action. Mm. Mm. That kind of changes me as a viewer, my perspective on on, on forgiveness, and and or at least starts to, it mm. makes me ask new questions. I yeah. mean, did you guys have that sense going in? Is that mm. was that okay? We this is exactly what we want to want mm. to happen. Uh, it, this is a story about redemption. This is a story. I was very interested in in the idea of of moral courage as opposed to mm, physical nice. courage. So you know, here's a soldier who is is suffering, has this guilt. Um, also understands that the, the Afghans, um, you, know, you know, have suffered uh, because of the war uh, terribly as well, and uh, wants to do something about uh, that guilt, uh, and doesn't just sit with that. You know, I think we've got a lot of we've got a lot of uh, a lot of veterans who are who are suffering in silence and with no, you know, no, no recourse, no way of coming to terms or, or, or healing. Uh, and and we also have uh, uh, you know Afghans and uh, Afghan culture that is really open to reconciliation, mm-hmm. and so you've got you know this situation where peace and harmony and and reconciliation is is really achievable, but uh, unfortunately I haven't yet heard of uh, a story like this where a soldier takes that step to to, to that extent of. Of, of tracking down the family of someone that he's killed and presenting himself for 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 you know in front of the justice system of the village. Well, I think there's there. I mean, I don't know. I've not Sam. I haven't served in the military. You're you're are you a par- you're a paramedic, aren't you? Paramedic. Yes. I mean, there are there are a few little similarities yeah, between sure, sure. you know that compa- that sort of, sort of you know companionship you have with your your, your fellow paramedics. Yeah, you're all heavy drinkers, right? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I was, I was talking more about the uh, the uh, the bond that yeah, we have. Yeah, for sure. When when yeah. you when you bear witness to uh, and you're involved in you know really terrible things and, and you you, you yep. know you, you you see people killed and and, yep. and dying and you know you, you bear witness to that together you share. There's a courage. Something. There's a sense of urgency. There's a threat. It seems yeah. to me in that kind of that kind of work. And I've also worked with. With sure. with paramedics who were formerly in the military and also treated patients who yeah, who, who sure. were returned soldiers. Is there a sense that the and Sam maybe mm. you can help me out here too? But I was, and where I was going with that um, was I'm a, I'm a soldier, therefore I'm allowed to do these things. And the one one soldier you talked to who said, "Oh, you know, I sleep well at night," mm. right? Perhaps that's how because it's sanctioned, right? It's government. It's my job. Mm. You know, I, I, I mean, ended up killing some people, and, kill and well, you're trained to kill and destroy. And I yeah. think, I think, yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, you you can put a label on anyone. You can say, "I'm a soldier. I'm a teacher. I'm an artist. I'm whatever." Underneath that, you're always a human being. So, nice. yep. do you know? I think it comes down to uh, an ethical code, which is either in you or you're taught it or whatever where it comes from, but. Yeah, I think it's um, it's like, it's very, it's very easy to compartmentalize something by saying 
someone said it's okay, I'm allowed to do it, so that's fine. But it's a different thing when you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about uh, your actions uh, over the course of your life and whether you're okay with them. You know, I think it's a very different conversation you have. I think one of the what I love about a film like yours, the minimalist sort of approach, is the questions for me that it raises. Uh -huh. What what compel? It's not just guilt that got Mike to Afghanistan. There were some other things going on. I want to. I want to see some of those conversations you had before you left. <laughs> I want to. I want to see. I want to hear about those sleepless nights from your partner, from your friends, from your family. The conversations that you had. Mm. What What is it that led up to this? So it's three years basically since I think you uh, the accident, the killing. Yeah. And you've come back three years later to find. Yeah. It seems really soon after to me in a way, and yet mm. really long as well. What's gone on in those three years? I think it's it's three years of, of trying to come to terms with something and finding that you can't. You know, if you've done something that you you sit, uh, it, if you can't sit with yourself morally as a as a human being, and look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and decide yes I'm okay with who I am, then some people will yeah sure endure that for a much longer time. Maybe they'll they'll go to the grave with that. But I think other people will go. I I actually have to address this for myself for for you know for a number of other reasons, but even just so I can get up in the morning and go, I'm okay with who I am, you know? I think for it, 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 you guys talked, I think I've talked, or maybe you used the word, but you've talked around trauma, it seems mm. to me, post-traumatic mm. stress disorder, yeah. um, mental health issues of one kind or another. How, how, do, how do we deal with those things? And, mm. and, and, and if, if we sweep them under the carpet, what, what then? Mm. What damage are we doing to the communities we live mm. in, to the families we live within, and, and so on? And there's mm. this repercussion. I mean, it's called uh, a lot of work now being done on transgenerational trauma. Mm. Mm. You know, Afghanistan, yes, of course. But what about the soldiers that were there present? What are they passing on to their kids and their families? Mm. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot, lot of damage there. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, and tragically, uh, a lot of former soldiers who have been suffering these emotional injuries uh, feel as if there's no way out from that pain uh, and in some cases that guilt they feel like they're in a corner and have felt that there's no way out but to take their own lives and that's why we've got you know a, a criminally high uh, suicide rate mm. among veterans in in America and 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 certainly in Australia I mean uh, you know which is <coughs> which is you know a, and I think sometimes that you know, that despair that precedes such a drastic decision uh, that some, some of these veterans take, that, that despair, uh, I, I would just love to say that, you know, that there are ways, there are ways to get through this. And, you know, whether it's exposure therapy, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of, you know, new, new developments, around, you know, around uh, post-traumatic stress and other... Uh, but, but, but also the idea that you could go back actually physically go back to that place and to and to 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 have a different experience there which is essentially what exposure to therapy tries to do well it makes me wonder about narrative therapy and things like art therapy things you know not sitting on that Freudian kind of sitting in a couch having a conversation sure mm. the conversation's important and and so on but but what i love about what you guys have done here is that healing is to be found in others mm -hmm. healing is to be found in that other culture that i invaded mm -hmm. yeah, by mm -hmm. connecting with another by person. connecting mm -hmm. with them and and, and you yeah. do that so beautifully with with the driver by mm -hmm. the way is that cigarette did he make that cigarette out of charcoal that's not a cigarette 
Oh, that's oh. hashish. <laughs> oh, I thought that was. Ha- oh, I'm sorry. I missed so that. I thought- yeah, they warm up. But, Got you it. Know, he warms yeah, up the yeah, yeah. And warms up and softens the the Got hash. It. I thought when he reached down, I thought he was yeah. picking out the ash, and then right. I totally missed that. Yeah, Got so it. warms up sense. the hash, and then and then kind of kneads it a bit to soften it, right. and then breaks it up and mixes it with the tobacco, and then puts it in the hash cigarette. Did you did you write in the percussion stuff, or did that just kind of pl- tease out that because play, this that guy played out? So was a percussionist in in in, in the film, Mike. The, the, the former soldier and his taxi driver, who was initially quite suspicious of Mike's uh, motives for returning to the country, right, right, um, uh, bond on a mountaintop over a, over a fire that they've built together and, and, and a music. meal they've had together and, and, and music and, and sharing a meal know? together. And they don't ha- yeah. they don't share a I common mean, language on, apart from music. This to, this you know? to me is the is the new pathway towards reconciliation. And well, and exactly, and you know, I, I, we, while shooting it. Right. You know, I was while shooting it. It became very apparent wow. that Mike represented the West, yeah, and, and yeah, Sherilyn, sure, the taxi sure. driver, Afghans, Afghanistan, and how peace can be possible if we take the time to authentically engage and to listen and mm. to, to 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 approach each other, you know, unarmed and vulnerable and just really really meet openly yeah. and and meet as humans and look each other in the eye you know i mean it it all sounds very sounds idealistic idealistic but you know what? I, 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 even if it's not true i think we have mm. to hope that it is true absolutely yeah. you know what have we got if we don't have idealism i'd say we have cynicism we have a world that's just going to exist in this kind of with this kind of hopelessness mm. and you know i've seen a lot of you know death and suffering and misery and you know pain in my job over 20 years as a paramedic, it'd be very easy to become cynical about that. But the moment you become cynical, you kind of uh, lose any any passion for mm. creating a better world and for change. So I've always tried to hold on to idealism, um, you know, at, you know, even even risking um, you know, accusations of being naive, because I believe that the moment you trade that, the moment you give that up, uh, you know, we've we've got no hope. As, as, as you know, a human race. There's a great scene. I love, love that stuff. I, it sounds to me you should be t- you should be behind a podium and and <laughs> should be speaking to a couple thousand people. I, that's uh, honestly this is this is why I love uh, storytelling. Why I love film. Hmm. Uh, the 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 unexpected outcomes <laughs> of great stories. Um, the 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 forgiveness comes quickly. It seems in the end scene and obviously there's going to be there was interaction there there were probably some meals shared things that we don't get to see and there's reasons for that i would imagine that are practical but also uh part part of the story as well you you mentioned earlier i think um that that you felt that the afghan afghani culture is very open to this idea of of reconciliation can you talk a little bit more about that and, and why you felt that and 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 how it is that you came to know that and it makes sense, of to, course. Of course, be, it would make sense, right? But I just, yeah. I find it interesting that you brought it up earlier too. My my experience of Afghanistan is is obviously largely based on me going there with Ben and making this film. You know, I don't have like a grand knowledge of, uh, I know the basic history. You know what I mean? But I'm sure. But yep. my experience of the place was based on the people I met and how they treated me. You know, so when we would go into a village and we were welcomed by the village Malik and welcomed by people who have very little. But wanted to give you everything they could. Right, right. That that was my experience of Afghanistan. You know, it wasn't sort of the Fox News version where it's guys popping out of bushes, which you know obviously is there too. But when you meet the everyday man there, 
um, they're just trying to live like we are, you know? Yeah, we're, 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 aren't we just kind of all in this together? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, we are. And in terms of the Afghan culture and their tribal codes, uh, the, particularly the Pashtun tribal code of Pakhtun Wali, um, which they live by, you know, forgiveness uh, and reconciliation uh, play a big role in that and is tribal that, is code. That, that comes out in that one sentence, if, if, if someone asks for it. Yeah, and it's the, 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 the tenant is it's called uh, Nanawati, and Nanawati is 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 the, the the principle of Nanawati is that if your uh, if your enemy or someone who has harmed you an, an offender comes to you know your door uh, and uh, unarmed and and you know to make peace and apologise genuinely, then you're obliged uh, within that uh, that tribal culture to to not only forgive but to make that individual welcome and uh, to treat them as if they're part of your own tribe there's a beautiful scene uh near the beginning of the film uh, and, and it takes place in the bird market i believe mm. was, was that a, a really conscious decision and if so is there any kind of a metaphorical reason for that because I, I thought it was lovely for a lot of reasons thanks for saying so but that that place does exist in kabul the bird market is a it's a very atmospheric and magical place and it's it's just beautiful, and I think uh, cinema uh, allows you an opportunity, a, 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 a broad canvas to uh, to to use, you know, and and surround well, sound you, to you use. You certainly approach that in the film with the the, with the landscapes, landscapes, yeah, and the, and the water that that seems to just yeah. kind of come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It looks fake, yeah, you know, because it's, it's so. With no, 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 no. It's it's yeah. beautiful. That country is is certainly is not the swan, pink swan paddleboat either. I don't well, associate that with Afghanistan either. Mm. That's, I love that scene. Yeah, the bird. The reason I asked about the birds is because for me, there uh, I've done a lot of traveling and, and work in Southeast mm. Asia, and there's um, uh, a bird markets, birds where you can purchase a bird and, and release it. And right. I don't remember what the ex exact. Well, I mean, we could talk mm. about all kinds of different metaphors of that, but mm. I just I, that's that's where I went. Yeah, Afga I, Afghans are very, very. You know, the birds are a, a, a you know passion for for Afghans, as are roses, and 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 they you know and they, they keep birds as pets. It's it's a very common thing. In the city, but but for me, it was that location that was just so magical, and the possibilities of how that would look and sound in, in a cinema. You know, you got the opportunity for surround sound, so you just hear these um, this variety of bird call all around you when you're sitting in that in the, in the cinema. It's just r really magical. Were you guys place. really aware of uh, uh, representing this um, uh, culture that you were privileged enough to step into in a really? And it, I think it's a I can hear you just saying yes, but I'd love you to <laughs> chat a bit about that. You know, the treating others with dignity, honoring this, you know, the cross-cultural awareness. Mm. That you talked about a bit about listening. Mm. Uh, mm. I'm in development, as my listeners know, and uh, I've taught development for about 10 years. And, and one of the things I say, there's three, th you've heard this before, guys, but there's three mm. things for a good development worker. The first thing is you got to listen. And the mm. second thing is you got to, oh, yeah, right, listen. And the third thing is you got to mm. listen, <laughs> right? Well, I think and it's where we've gone wrong in Afghanistan. I, I, you know? Well, why and, and so many places. <laughs> so many other places. And in, in, yeah. and in relationships yeah. 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 and politics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. You know, this idea that we can go there and impose our ideas on, on a country oppose our version of democracy on a country when they have an, an age-old thousand, two thousand year history right. of... <laughs> the arrogance of that, right? Of, you know, of this Jirga system. So Jirga refers to the a group of village elders who get together and, and discuss a matter uh, and, you know, and as a, a village justice system. 
that's two two thousand years old. Everyone has equal say around the you know around the the circle of this of this meeting, and then they go to a vote. I mean, there are a lot of you know democratic features to to the Jirga, sure. yeah, and yet we want to impose our system that is, has been has been shown in Afghanistan to be so open to corruption, and that's why it's failed, and people have gone back to their Jirgas, you know, which I, which I find interesting. But the yeah, whole idea yeah. of listening, and again, based in community, based in relationship, based again. in a relationship, and and we when we went to Afghanistan, we we went there to make a film. We we arrived unarmed, and and you know, in civilian clothes. And ready to to listen and collaborate with the locals. Come alongside, right? And to to help them sh- share their sto- story with the world. Essentially, as you know, I saw I saw myself and I, and Sam and I as messengers that were going there to bring back a story that we could share that Afghans didn't have the opportunity, or certainly the one the Afghans that we were meeting with didn't have the opportunity to share with the world. So you know, in a, in a sense, you could say that. You know, it had the international community in regards to the war that's been, we're now in our 17th year, you know, taken a similar approach of authentically engaging uh, without this kind of aggressive military mm-hmm, campaign. Mm-hmm. We may have been a lot more successful and the war could have uh, could have concluded uh, a decade ago. Yeah, well, the, the, what's the, and I forget who the quote is and I should know this, but, you know, we're destined to repeat history, right, if, mm-hmm. we, if we don't know it, but the reality is we seem to repeat it anyway. Yes, even if, or at least, at, at least the 20th century certainly yeah, has, yeah, yeah. has shown that. Let's yeah. hope mm. that that is changing and that's shifting. And what I love about what you guys have done is, and I'm so glad you, 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 you did persevere, and I think that comes out not only in you as a director but, and, and co-writers, but you as a, an actor and, a, and, and the character of Mike as well, this, this sense of being on his own and, and still fighting back mm-hmm. and, uh, in his own, against his personal demons and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and knowing there's something better yeah, and and that that's profoundly um, uh, courageous. It seems to me to to be able to say I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hope that we can get here, and then and then take the steps to try to make it so. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's yeah, it's quite remarkable. What uh, do you think you're gonna be able to as an actor? Do you think you're gonna be able to uh, um, top this one, this experience? The uh, oh, I, I so think I will forever remember your 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 <laughs> description of you sitting in front of the unlocked door. Uh, uh, fully dressed on yeah, two yeah, hours of sleep. Definitely not yeah. in the trailer yeah. on this one. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's funny though because um, prior to having the audition for this, uh, I was actually looking at a, a painting of, um, I think it was like a, a village, a village in Afghanistan. It was like a very old picture and I was looking at it and thinking to myself, oh, I'd, I'd love to see that part of the world but I bet you I'll never get a chance because of how things are. Right, And right. then I got this audition and I thought that's quite fortuitous, you know, and then yeah, sure. I did yep. it. But uh, the other thing is that I, I actually really love films that were made in that kind of... Um, the 70s where it, it mm. is a bit more uh, probably not to this degree but it's a bit more guerrilla and there's right. not, not so much red tape where because there's you know someone eating with a knife and fork at the table there's a first aid guy with a pack of band-aids ready you know right. I, mean? like, yes. I love it when you yes. see films where you see they've that something's happened and they have to go with what might be a mistake or right or, or something just occurring life occurring mm. and you have to go with it and we sort of had nothing but that and mm. this whole thing where we just have to run with whatever was happening and sometimes we get mm. one take do you know what I mean? So yeah, was, sure. for yep. me, it was a real, um, I, I loved the experience in, in that sense. It was very uh, uh, scary at other times, you know, obviously, but the actual, the process of the filmmaking within it, I loved. The, you know, that documentary really. element yeah. that came, that came it's through. It's got a documentary you know, I mean, kind of feel to it for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, you talk about those lines being, being blurred in, in the film, between, you know, between drama and mm. documentary, but we, we actually shot this film 
uh, many, many parts of this film like you would shoot a documentary. And I'm really fascinated. I, I love that. I mean, mm. it's, it, was, it wasn't because we were necessarily forced into that situation because of our circumstances, which mm. was certainly, you know, part of it. Sure. But yeah. it was, it's a deliberate thing that I'm interested in doing mm. as a director is to create a situation and let it play out um, as it really would. Mm. You know, well, you, we also had you can't write that stuff. Didn't know that I was an actor. They thought I was a soldier. The joke, like a few people were confused and thought I was a soldier. You were actually a soldier. Yeah, you do, so. you got a little bit of a military thing going on. Thanks, man. Yeah. I think <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or a professional wrestler. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, guys, it's listen. A bit th- light on, but yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thanks so much for joining me today. I always hate it when when I have to wrap up an interview because it just there's there's so much more to talk about. I feel like yeah. we barely talked for the, the rest of the day. Absolutely, yeah, and and maybe we can. Maybe I can track you both down on Skype down, down cool. the road, and, and mm. we can go uh, go a little deeper. But I, I love the film. Hope everybody sees it. Thanks for thanks yeah. for coming and, and for entertaining the conversation this morning on such little sleep. But you're used to yeah. it, Mike. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're not holding a knife in your hand today. Yeah, it's not uh, gonna, I'm not that threatening. See it anyway. That's right. <laughs> Talking to uh, Benjamin Gilmore and Sam Smith with their new uh, film Jerga. You need to go and see this film. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.